When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Welcome to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Now for your host, Dan Mater. Welcome to the show, MD Nation. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. And I know what you're all thinking. Oh no, it's Friday. It's a day later. What happened to the Thursday episode? Well, long story short, we had a lot of technical difficulties yesterday. Uh, Some with the website, some with my own personal laptop. All of those issues were worked out. It was a royal pain in the ass yesterday. However, we are here recording to you Friday morning so you can get this podcast by Friday afternoon. And I'm kind of glad we waited because there is some latest news that we're going to be able to get to now that we wouldn't have talked about until Monday that dropped overnight. So we do get to talk about some interesting stuff today by waiting a day later. So it actually kind of works out in a way. Today's episode, we're going to be exploring my quarterback rankings in a more in-depth way, and we're also going to be doing a live mock draft for the first time on the show. We're going to be doing a 12-team standard league in today's episode with pick three, and we're going to kind of move it along over the next two episodes from here on out. So on Monday, we'll be doing the running back rankings, and we'll do a live mock draft, and that'll be a half-point PPR league around pick six, and then we'll do a pick nine for a full-point PPR live mock draft next Thursday. So you're going to get a little bit of a taste from each of the scoring formats from each of a different position as well on this show leading up until the final weekend where we have the most drafts around the country, around the world at this point because usually that Labor Day weekend or that whole Labor Day week is when a lot of people are going to be drafting. So make sure you go to the website because that's all fixed now as well. www.mdffshow.com to get the latest projections and rankings and tier rankings. There's a download button on the bottom 
bottom left corner that you can download onto your device all the information from the MD's Fantasy Football Show to help you dominate your leagues. All great information, all great projections, all great rankings, all designed to help you zag while the rest of your league zigs because the MD's Fantasy Football Show has a different method for projecting players and it's going to be very, very accurate for you. I work my tail off to give you the best information possible, the most accurate information possible because I want my MD Nation listeners to win their championships this season and be able to hoist the trophy, win the cash, and be able to rub your friends faces in your accomplishments. That is what fantasy football is all about at the end of the day. Remember, later on in this episode, we will still have a mailbag segment at the end, and we're going to have that for the next couple episodes as we lead into what will be week one preview. So close. It's so close. I can taste it. Two more episodes after today, and we're going to be talking about week one actual matchups, actual start sits, actual games that matter for you. It is so close, so excited. So we got a great episode for you guys here today. We're going to kick off the latest news segment and get this show on the road. Latest news. First, we can start this off with the simple stuff of the Arizona Cardinals finally signed Michael Crabtree. This time it was made official. There was no backing out at the last second. And I was kind of curious as to what they were going to do. I had a feeling that maybe they were going to go back to the Michael Crabtree well after they cut Kevin White loose earlier in the week. Not saying that Kevin White was going to be planned on as somebody who was going to be a big contributor for the Arizona Cardinals, but being that Hakeem Butler got hurt and is expected to start the season on the IR, it was interesting to me that at this point, if nothing else, just for bodies, that they would go ahead and cut Kevin White. The only thing that made sense to me is that they were going to be bringing somebody in, and sure enough, they go back to Michael Crabtree. He is going to be an Arizona Cardinal this season after all at the end of the day. It's a decent enough signing. I think they do need another veteran presence outside of Larry Fitzgerald in that sense. And they need a guy who can win one-on-ones, make the catches in tight spaces, that's going to be Michael Crabtree. That's what he's going to, his job's going. To, his job's going to be the, basically to move the chains. I don't expect him to be a major contributor. I don't expect this guy to be somebody you're going to be targeting in your fantasy leagues, not just not in drafts, but also I don't expect him to be somebody you're going to be looking to pick up in waivers. I think this is a move that is just a NFL general worthy note than a fantasy football note. But just to make sure you guys are all up to date. I want to give you guys an update status on Melvin Gordon. If you haven't heard by now, of course, you would have if you've been following me on Twitter at MDSFFshow, and you would already have all these player update news notifications as they are coming out fast and furious through the training camp 24-7. That has been out and about and all over the place. There's been so much news, so many things to take note of as we go into your draft. So make sure you're following me on Twitter at MDSFFshow for those player update news notifications because they are invaluable this time of the year when you're getting ready for your drafts. And one of those were that Melvin Gordon and the Chargers are still not close in their negotiations. It is expected that Melvin Gordon will hold out into the season. Now, how long that holdout will take place remains to be seen. The one thing I have stayed firm on the entire time is that Melvin Gordon cannot pull a Le'Veon Bell due to a different contract situation. Remember, Le'Veon Bell simply just didn't sign his franchise tag. He was technically not under contract at any point last season. Now, the only way he could play was to sign his franchise tag with the Steelers, but technically he was not under contract because he never signed it. Melvin Gordon is. Melvin Gordon is 
has a one-year deal left on his contract. Therefore, if he truly wants to be able to hit free agency, at the very least, like Le'Veon Bell did, he's going to have to come back and play at some point this season and before the midpoint of the season. So that is where Melvin Gordon will not be the Le'Veon Bell situation like it was a season ago. Now, that doesn't give you much comfort as far as a guy who a lot of people were looking at as an RB1. Now, what do you do? You're contemplating, is he going to actually sit out for eight games? Could it just be the first month? Or will he just come out week one and week two? Maybe the Chargers get off to a rocky start and wind up getting him in camp because this is a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. And I don't think you are a Super Bowl contending team without Melvin Gordon this season. So a lot of that is still up in the air. And on top of all of that, we still have two more weeks before week one even starts. A lot can happen within that time. I tend to believe that if Melvin Gordon misses, I think it will be within that first month of September that he will come back. That is where I'm standing pat on as of now. Of course, it all change. It can all change as you get updates and, and everything like that. But reading the tea leaves for right now, I do think by the end of September, Melvin Gordon will be in camp. So therefore, to me, I think Melvin Gordon still holds his value in the third round. You're talking about a guy who could be an RB1 when he comes back and plays for you. So so what if he misses a few games? I mean, Melvin Gordon's going to be expected to miss a few games during the season anyway. Last year was one of the uh, few years that he played the majority of the season. He played 14 games a season ago. So he's already somebody you expect to miss a few games. Maybe he just misses them because of the holdout this year rather than injury as he gets cut down on the workload if he misses a couple. But at the end of the day, a third round, especially late in the third round, which is where I see him going more times than not, he's really an absolute steal because you know when you get him back, he's going to be an RB1. You know he catches the ball. He know he's going to run the ball. You know he's going to be the workhorse when he's back in uniform. He's somebody I'm just not going to pass up there in that location because he could be a league winner with a guy like that, with a guy like his talent and his capabilities in that third round to complement whatever wide receiver one or running back one you've taken to that point because you already have two rounds down. So I am still standing firm on taking Melvin Gordon in the third round, and I wouldn't stress too much about it. Yes, if you do take him, it should probably be a good idea to target a Justin Jackson, target Austin Eckler. Help, maybe both if you really want to go down that road, if you feel like you're confident in the depth around the rest of your team. Because even with the Melvin Gordon news, Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson are still not guys who have been going higher than the 10th round in most drafts. So at that point, I don't actually care if you take both of them. I'm usually not a big handcuff guy, unless it's an obvious situation, which this is. And even then, I usually only try to take one. But knowing that Austin Eckler is going to get the passing down work, knowing that Justin Jackson is probably going to be the main runner, and knowing that they're neither one of them are particularly durable uh, as far as health goes on a week in week out basis I may take the chance and take both of them if I feel good about the rest of my roster, but I'm at least going to make sure that if I take Melvin Gordon, Justin Jackson is who I'm going to make sure I take first because I want to make sure I'll have the runner at least at the running back position for the Chargers. In other news, a holdout situation that is looking much more promising as of this morning, and this is a piece of news that I was kind of glad I didn't wind up doing the show until Friday because we get to talk about it now, is Ezekiel Elliott. It is expected that he's going to be coming back to, back from Cabo pretty soon. Some reports that he might be staying in Cabo a little bit longer to work out with Marshall Falk, who's apparently headed down there to work him out a little bit, but... Nonetheless, the reports on the contract situation have stayed the same throughout all of the platforms, which is they expect a deal to be done this weekend. 
The contract in place has been reported as being the second highest paid running back in the NFL for Ezekiel Elliott. So all indications are that Ezekiel Elliott is going to end his holdout very, very soon. And he's going to come back, play week one, and not miss a game. So I had been staying pat the whole time that Ezekiel Elliott was not going to miss. Of the two, I had been more confident that Elliott was going to be there week one. And now with this news pretty much confirming it, you can go back to putting Ezekiel Elliott in your top four, no matter what the scoring format is. Uh, One more piece of news that happened in last night's preseason games. Cam Newton did suffer a mid-foot sprain, as is just being reported now, just as a few minutes ago, actually, of doing this podcast. A mid-foot sprain, which gives him a chance to be available for week one. Still a decent chance that he will miss week one, so keep that in mind. But it's not a high ankle sprain. It's not an injury that could make him miss the first month of the season. It's not a fracture. You know, when he first came out, when he had to go in the walking boot, it was very uncertain as to exactly what the injury was. So a midfoot sprain is relatively good news because it does give him a chance to possibly be able to suit up for week one if you were looking at him in drafts or just want the value for guys like Christian McCaffrey to stay intact. That's going to wrap up our latest news segment. We're going to drop the Thrive Fantasy spot here, and then we're going to take a little deeper dive in some quarterbacks that we didn't talk about during the 5 Best, 5 Bust, 5 Sleepers miniseries episode when we talked about the quarterback rankings. We'll talk about a few guys there, and then we'll get into the live mock draft after that. So let's hit that break. Tired of spending hours upon hours on research for your drafts, but still want the excitement of having something on the line while watching the game? Well, join the Thrive Fantasy app where they have streamlined the process for you to make it easy and fun to play along. Use promo code MDFF when you sign up with a $10 deposit and receive an additional $10 for free. Again, that's promo code MDFF. So the one thing when we went over the five busts, the five best, and the five sleepers was that we compared the MD's Fantasy Football Show rankings to the consensus ADP to determine the value of those guys compared to all the other top platforms. But in that process, there's plenty of guys who are definitely, obviously, ranking newsworthy that we didn't really get to talk about as a result, like the rest of my top 10, for instance. Uh, Jared Goff, I have as the number six quarterback overall going into these rankings and he I'm seeing to be much higher than him than the rest of the industry at this point and I'm not really sure as to why it seems like everybody's putting way too much stock in the uh, decrease in production that the Rams offense went through towards the second half of last season and I'm just like hey you guys ever heard of a guy called Todd Gurley yeah, C.J. Anderson had a great little stretch run, and that's what everyone wants to point out, but he had a great little stretch run running the football. He didn't do anything for them as far as catching the football. And now I would think people would take into consideration and realize that a lot of their offense for the Rams is based off of being able to dump the ball down to Todd Gurley, dump the ball down to the running back to keep the offense going as a security blanket, to get a mismatch on the linebacker. A lot of that offense, as much as it's built around those three receivers and reading the three different levels and play action and all of that, a lot of it's also built on being able to get that one-on-one matchup between the running back and the linebacker and being able to move the ball and move the chains uh, more efficiently in that sense. And that's what keeps that entire offense going. And when you take that element away, you're taking away a huge part of their passing game, especially when you're taking away the fact of a dynamic play playmaker like Todd Gurley to be able to go to in those situations. So that's a big difference we're talking about here. And 
I don't know why a lot of people think that all of a sudden it's just not going to happen at all this season, which is the only explanation I can come up with as to why Jared Goff is as low as he is in a lot of other formats. Even if Todd Gurley goes down and has knee issues all year long, which I don't expect him to really miss too many games as a result. I still have him protected for 14 games, by the way. But even if that was to be the case, they drafted a guy called Daryl Henderson who can catch the ball, who can be a dynamic duo threat. Malcolm Brown, I do think, is a serviceable backup who they have now under contract. Again, we'll see if he can actually stay healthy because that was the problem last year. He came in, tried to be a part of the offense as Todd Gurley went down and couldn't really get going because he got hurt right away, essentially. But they have guys who can come in and catch the ball. It's not going to be a C.J. Anderson situation where the only thing he can do effectively is run the football. So that's a big one right there. Plus, this is still Sean McVay's offense. I know the Super Bowl didn't look good, but is every team they play going to be the Patriots this season? Is every team they play, Sean McVay going to not be able to actually call his type of playbook, use his plays? Do they not have Todd Gurley back? So I don't know what the rationale or thinking is as far as all of a sudden we saw one bad game from the Rams. Yes, it was on the biggest stage ever, but all of a sudden that's going to correlate into a down season for the offense. Or should I say more specifically, a down season for Jared Goff because Everyone still has Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup all doing well, all staying in the top 25 as all three receivers, which is that hell of a thing to do to have three top 25 receivers on one team. And yes, the Rams have done it in the past. And yes, I expect them to continue to do it. But that also means Jared Goff's going to have to have a pretty good season in order for that to happen. So that's the rationale that I'm really not understanding at the moment. I have Jared Goff, number six. I love his potential, and I do think this is a guy who you're going to get a solidified QB1, and I feel good about him on a week-to-week basis. Number seven I have is Carson Wentz. I wanted to talk about him quite a bit. A lot of people just want to point out him being injury-prone, and I just think that's absolutely ridiculous. First of all, we know the Eagles' offense can put up points, especially now with the weapons that they have. I've talked about Deshaun Jackson almost at nauseum at this point. He's going to do great things that offense. He opens up so many other issues, uh, so so many other weapons for them. Alshon Jeffrey can get one-on-one looks. He's not going to get so much safety over the top double coverages anymore, which means he can go and win his one-on-one matchups, which is what he does best in the first place. It opens up the middle of the field for Zach Ertz even more. Dallas Goddard to take a next step up and be more of a factor. Deshaun Jackson's the best deep threat Carson Wentz has had in his career. That's going to be huge. Carson Wentz likes to throw the ball deep. He's got a gun. He's just had nobody go to on a consistent basis down there. And Nelson Aguilar, as a fifth option and afterthought, is a guy who can get some mismatches, when, especially when a defense is not going to be paying much attention to him. They have all kinds of weapons. No matter what the running back situation is, they're all productive backs. They're all guys who know their roles and will be able to stay in their lanes and on top of it, and this is something I think that gets overlooked quite often, is this is going to be one of the better offensive lines in the NFL this season, which is a big reason why I think this offense is sky's the limit. Carson Wentz is going to have an MVP-like season like he did almost two years ago when he was on his way to win that race before he got injured. And I don't worry about his injuries. His injuries aren't chronic ones. His injuries aren't ones that make you think like, oh, he's definitely going to have to get hurt at some point this season because we know this ailment or that ailment is just not going to be able to hold up over a whole season. And that's just simply not the case. For the simple reason of it was an ACL injury where he got hit. It wasn't a non-contact injury. So it wasn't an issue with his ligaments. It wasn't a natural issue. It was a he got forced 
impact and that injured him. The same thing with the back situation. Now the back is a little bit more worrisome because the back, once you hurt your back, it doesn't really ever truly go away. But from all indications, he is fully healthy. It is something you can get stronger. And because he is a younger guy, he's not put in the same situation like a Tony Romo was at the end of his career, where it's just something you're just not going to be able to completely get over at that point. Carson Wentz is in a situation where he can recover. He has all the talent in the world, and now he has all the tools in the world. I think Carson Wentz is definitely going to be a QB1 for you this season. Next guy, we did talk about him quite a bit, but he is my number eight quarterback, and I wanted to round out my top 10 for you guys, and that's Jameis Winston. So I don't need to go into a ton of details here if you've been listening to the show. If you are new to the show, what I will point out to you is that Jameis Winston is my number one sleeping quarterback, uh, as and pretty much has been for a while for me, and is pretty much across the industry for the most part, being one of the popular ones. And there's just there's not a lot of risk that comes with him. A lot of platforms, a lot of mock drafts that I've been doing, he goes in the double-digit rounds. And for a guy who's probably going to get you plus 4,500 yards, probably going to get you plus 30 touchdowns this season, given the offense, given the weapons, there's that's nothing but upside with really little risk at that point in those rounds. So Jameis Winston's going to be great. Is he going to throw a lot of interceptions? Yeah, I have him for about 14 to 16 interceptions, somewhere in that range. So if you play in a league that has a lot of negative points for interceptions, that's something to consider. But that's also why I don't have him in the top five. Because if you go plus 4,500 yards, if you go plus 30 touchdowns, you're talking about a guy who has the potential to be a top five quarterback. I do think he has that potential. I don't have him rated there because of the interceptions. And you're going to have games, too, where I don't think Jameis Winston's going to be the most consistent. Even if he takes a step up this year, which I do expect him to do under Bruce Arians, this is still a guy who's going to be a little bit of a boomer bust in some senses because he is just a guy who you have to expect to have mental lapses in certain weeks where he's just going to throw four picks or three picks and just not play efficiently and not play well. And things kind of will spiral out of control. And that's just going to happen in a few weeks. But I expect those weeks to be far fewer than they had been in seasons past under Bruce Arians. I do expect him to take a step up. So that is why he's my number eight guy. My number nine, and this was kind of hard for me at number nine, was Cam Newton. I'm not big on Cam Newton this year. If you've been listening to this show all summer long, you know why. I don't believe his arm strength is back. I don't believe in quarterbacks after they have the particular type of shoulder surgery that he had to have. And remember, this isn't the first shoulder surgery that he's had. The one thing about Cam Newton is that everyone seems to be throwing to the wayside. It's like, oh, well, he's been hurt, and that's why he lost his velocity, but now he had the surgery, he should be perfectly fine. This is the second time he's had this surgery. And I, ever since two years ago, when he had the first surgery, his velocity has been going down progressively each year, it progressively being a negative in this instance. So I don't know what people think that Cam Newton's suddenly going to come back and have his rocket arm again. It's not going to happen. And when you're talking about a quarterback who's lost velocity but doesn't also possess the skill to show great anticipation at times, especially on certain routes and certain situations, it's not a good formula. It's not. I think Cam Newton at this point is more of a check down quarterback dual threat than he is a guy who's going to be able to stretch defenses out on a real consistent basis. If I'm a defense right now and I'm playing the Carolina Panthers, my game plan is simply just... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Ah, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Key on Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey and dare them to throw it deep. Dare them to throw it deep. Yeah, they had the receivers with the speed. I want to see you actually be able to hit that guy in stride on a consistent basis. I'm willing to bet you're not going to be able to. I don't like his new throwing motion. I don't like the way I've seen the ball come out of his hands so far in training camp. And then, like we talked about in the latest news segment, he has a, a midfoot sprain surgery. Uh, not surgery, I'm sorry. A midfoot sprain now, which may or may not keep him out week one. But that does mean that at least earlier on in the season, his rushing ability on top of it might be limited. So I do have him at number nine as of now. That is something that, if you couldn't tell, I may be coming down on a little bit. But it is the combination of the rushing ability. It is the fact that all the offense is going to flow through Cam Newton in one way or another. Even if he's dumping off the ball to Christian McCaffrey, it's still going to be Cam Newton's stats. He's still going to be a guy who's going to be utilized in the red zone. I do think Cam will rush over 100 times this season. So when you take all that into consideration for fantasy football purposes, it just sets up that he has a pretty good floor that will keep him somewhere in the top 10. So that's why I have him at number 9. Number 10 is Drew Brees. This one is close, and I'm going to talk about my number 11 too because it is really close between these two quarterbacks. Drew Brees is just, he's as dependable as they come. Those years of getting 5,000 yards are definitely over for him, but this is a Saints offense that will be very good, especially at home. I do still worry about Drew Brees on the road. I really, I, you know, I still worry about that road game split. I worry about when he has to play outside. However, you still have Michael Thomas, you still have Alan Kamara, you still have Sean Payton as your head coach. He's just a guy who you you know he's going to get you plus 4,300 yards. You know he's probably going to get you somewhere in the high 20s, low 30s and touchdowns. You know he's not going to throw you a lot of interceptions. You just know what you're going to get out of Drew Brees, which is going to be a guy who's going to be a borderline QB1 for you. And you'll be able to live with that. Now, is he gonna? does he have top five potential anymore? No, I don't think he does. He was a guy, though, you could take on late and just have a dependability factor at the week-to-week quarterback position. That's what he is right now, and that's why I have him at number 10. Number 11 is Baker Mayfield. Now, Baker Mayfield has much more upside than Drew Brees does. And that's why I said they're, they're very close. First of all, I have them within a few points of each other as far as projections go, but that's why they're very close in these rankings. I went with Drew Brees because of dependability. Uh, I do think there is still some concern with Baker Mayfield as far as his second year. Teams have more film on him. You get learn how to play him a little bit more. There were some games later on in the season that teams are kind of catching on to what he was doing and helped him struggle a little bit. 
He has a lot of weapons. I love his offense. He's going to be very, very good at the end of the day. He does have potential to be in that top six. I even though I have him ranked at eleven, he does have the upside to be in that up that top six. There's no there's no denying that with the weapons that he has, the offense that he has. I have him at number eleven though because we're going to have to see if he if you prorate his his starts out on a full sixteen game season, which I think he started more games than people realized last year too, as he started in in, in a twelve games. But if you if you prorate that out, he would have finished about a top eight quarterback last year. So it wasn't as prolific it wasn't as high end as a lot of people seem to think now you could say hey the addition of Odell Beckham is going to boost that even more and quite possibly could uh but that was with Freddie Kitchen calling the plays that was with a pretty good amount of weapons it was within that offense it was with Baker Mayfield on a hot streak towards the end of the season so I have him just outside of my top 10 I have him number 11 he does have the upside to get in there I do think he's worth taking as a guy that you hope to be your QB one on a week-to-week basis but I do worry sometimes with quarterbacks heading into their second year starting when teams have film on them that it's not always a jump up they don't always get better from a production standpoint they might get better in some of their fundamentals and some of their reading defenses, but the statistics don't always show that because a lot of times they can have sophomore slumps. And I think Baker Mayfield may be catching himself in an in-between situation between having a good offense and having great weapons and also having defenses who have a little bit of a better understanding as to what he wants to do and how to be able to game plan for him, which is why I just have him outside my top 10. But at the end of the day, this is a guy who definitely has top six potential. Okay, so we talked about those. A few other names I do want to talk to you about that we hadn't been able to is Kirk Cousins. It's crazy to me how low Kirk Cousins is going. It's crazy to me that in a lot of drafts, he's actually going undrafted. This is a guy, I understand he had a disappointing end to last season. I know a lot of people are putting seem to be putting a lot of stock in the idea that without John DeFupio, without the volume, that Kirk Cousins is not going to have a chance to be a very good quarterback from a week-to-week standpoint. And what I have to say is that Kirk Cousins is better when he doesn't throw as much volume. He is. He's just simply better. He's better when he has a decent running game. He's better when he can go to his tight ends in the red zone. He's better when he has play action. He's going to be able to do all of those things in this new system. I thought it was a big mistake to have him throwing the ball as much as they did. In the beginning of the year, he's throwing the ball like 40, 50 times. That's not who Kirk Cousins is. He's not a guy who has a 75% completion percentage throughout his career. It's a little bit lower than that. He wants to attack the intermediate part of the field, which means you're probably going to be like 65 completion percentage somewhere around that range so you're a guy you don't need a ton of volume what you need is the right system around you and I believe that he has that I think like I said play action is big with Kirk Cousins that was a non-factor for him for several different reasons the Flipio not running the ball and Dalvin Cook being hurt for quite a bit of it uh, I think there's definitely going to be more of a rapport but with him and Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith, I think it's definitely going to be beneficial to him if they run more two tight end sets, which from all indications is what is going to be expected out of the Minnesota offense this season. So I think Kirk Cousins is going to be good there. I have him projected for about 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions as of now, which puts him right in the conversation of guys who are going to be around that QB1, that at least serviceable start territory. Uh, Right now, I do have him as QB18, which obviously wouldn't make you a QB1. But my point is that he's a guy who's going to get you serviceable numbers 
who you could draft late. If you just totally win the punt on the quarterback situation, you could draft Kirk Cousins, keep your eyes open on the waiver wire for guys who might be taking off or on hot streaks that may be going after him, Jimmy Garoppolo's, Mitchell Trubisky's, Josh Allen's, those types of guys who are probably going to have some hot streaks throughout the season, and you're going to want to try to capitalize on that. But if you totally punt on the situation, you grab Kirk Cousins, you have a guy who, like, I know I'm going to get 16 to 18 points on a week-to-week basis out of you. Might have a couple bigger games because you do have the capability because you have wide receivers like Stephon Diggs, like Adam Thielen. So of the guys going in that territory around his 18th rank that I have him at, he has a little bit more potential than most of those guys because he has better weapons than a lot of those guys. So it was just amazing to me that Kirk Cousins was going as low as he is, pretty much not being drafted. He is somebody who has good value, and I think he's just being overlooked because of the decrease in expected volume, but that's not necessarily a decrease in production when it comes to this type of player. Uh, Another name I want to talk about, Ben Roethlisberger, because I pretty much have him ranked right at the ADP, which is 13. I still expect 4,500 yards. I still expect 31 touchdowns out of this guy. Yes, I expect 16 interceptions. It's kind of a little bit of a uh, turnover prone, but he's always had interceptions in that range. It's usually in the double digits, 10 or more. And without Antonio Brown, I get it. With the fact that they are definitely going to have a little bit of less volume because they almost threw for 700 times last season. I have him closer to 600, which has been more than norm for them over the past few years. Uh, yeah, all those things are taking consideration of why he has a regression. That's where I have him projected for a regression. However, he's not somebody who suddenly falls to the planet, who is somebody you suddenly have to take a second quarterback with to be able to platoon with. He's still somebody, it's Pittsburgh Steelers offense, he's still going to throw the ball a heck of a lot. And at 605 times, which is what I believe I have him projected at, that's still my number one volume quarterback as far as pass attempts go this season so it's not like he's suddenly going to drop down that list it's not like the volume won't be there they could have more balance and still be one of the most pass heavy teams in the league still have Juju Smith-Schuster he's still good you still have James Conner and Jalen Samuels Jalen Samuels who are good pass catchers who are good playmakers at that point so yeah I don't know why Ben Roethlisberger is suddenly an afterthought, but he's definitely somebody you got to keep in mind. Uh, Philip Rivers is somebody who, kind of like Kirk Cousins, where if you just want to totally punt on the position, but take a guy later on who can be competitive with those other QB1s there and be a guy who does have a little more potential than some of the other guys where he's ranked, which I have him at 16, just two spots ahead of Kirk Cousins. Because he has weapons, he can kind of compete more so with those top-end QB1s on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, Phil Rivers is going to be good. I have projected for 4,400 yards, 31 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. That puts him right in that range of a guy that you're going to be able to pick up and start and not have to worry about too much. Are you going to have the upside as a lot of those other quarterbacks in the top 10? No, of course not. That's why he's going QB16, or that's why I have him ranked at QB16. But is he a guy that, hey, you know what? I just want to load up as much as I can on depth, the other positions, and be able to take a quarterback late and be able to stay competitive and see what happens? Yeah, he's that guy. He's that guy who you won't have to stream if you take a guy like Phillip Rivers. It's not going to be a situation where you're going to be picking up week to week because he is going to be good enough to hold down the position. And yet, you still have some upside in weeks to weeks because Eek's going to have a lot of weapons. And if Melvin Gordon, especially early on in the season, Melvin Gordon does hold out for a few games, it's going to be a more pass-heavy Chargers team. So I definitely like Phil Rivers, especially to start the season, if nothing else. So that's what I wanted to talk about there, too. 
that's a good exploration of my quarterback rankings. Like I said, make sure you're going to the website, www.mdffshow.com. If you go there, go to like I said, the bottom left corner. You can click the download button, get all the tier rankings, the projections, the, 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 the normal rankings, the general rankings, and be able to put that on your device and take that with you to your draft. I'm telling you right now, it's going to help you win your draft, and start you off with that fundamental core that you need to really be able to dominate your league and be on your way to a championship, which is, you know, draft is the big step one. Now, obviously, you got waivers, you got trades, you got all that to make your team better throughout the season. You don't win or lose the draft. You don't win or lose your league at the draft, but it is a big step in your fundamental core. Make sure you have all the information to help you with that. So we're going to take a quick break, come back. On the other side, we're going to kick off the live mock draft for the first time on this show and give you an idea of using the MD's Fantasy Football Rankings, what that could look like. So let's take a quick break right here. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is now partnered with the Unwrapped Sports Network. Unwrapped Sports Network has a top-notch sports blog covering all sports all the time with a team of talented writers. You can also visit their podcast page to listen to this show and several others covering multiple sports. Sign up for their newsletter and never miss a thing at UnwrappedSports.com. Again, that's UnwrappedSports.com. So before we go ahead and get this mock draft started, first of all, I'm going to let you guys all know that I'm using Draft Wizard. I have absolutely no partnership with Draft Wizard sponsorship, nothing like that. I'm not promoting the app, but I want to let you guys know I'm using it because I do think it is one of the best apps when it comes to preparing for home league drafts. If you're in expert leagues, if you're in professional gambling, high stakes leagues, I don't think this is really the one for you. I think you do want to go more based off just consensus ADP and kind of plan accordingly in that sense. But if you're in a home draft, I feel like Draft Wizard has the best method of being able to prepare you for that because guys go all over the place. There's guys unexpected that fall. There are guys who, like, especially the quarterback position, who might go a lot earlier in certain mock drafts that you have, like, that will probably happen in home leagues that may want to make you think in certain situations as well. So that is what I like to use, especially when I'm preparing for home leagues, which is what most of my listeners who who do like this show are doing in that sense. So that's why I want to let you guys know what I'm using. I want you guys to have the best tools available to you, even if I'm nece- not necessarily making any money off of it, which I'm not in this situation. So we're using Draft Wizard. Again, we are doing a 12-team standard scoring, so there's no points for catches. And we're doing pick three here, so we can do an earlier on the draft and kind of get a feel for it. And we're using the MD's Fantasy Football Rankings as we go through this. So I'm going to go through it, explain to you what my picks are, why maybe some of the other picks that came off in between mine um, picks as we go through this draft and everything like that. So you guys can kind of get a feel for what you're looking into uh, if you use the MD's fantasy football rankings and how it could really truly benefit you and put you in certain situations to be able to be thinking about factors that maybe not anybody else in your league is thinking about and being able to capitalize and get the value off of that. The other thing, I'll tell you guys my grade the Draft Wizard gives me, I guess, at the end, but I, I will forewarn you, I never get a good draft grade out of them because the MD Stanley Football Show, because we are different, because we have different factors that go into our projections, that go into our rankings, it's not going to be in line with what the consensus is and what the algorithm is based off the app for of what they would consider a good draft. So I'll give you my draft grade, but just keep in mind, if you that is something I kind of want to point out because a lot of times... 
first-time fantasy football players will be in leagues that have some kind of app that will draft grade for them, and they'll get a horrible draft grade, and it's already their first year playing fantasy football, and they'll feel like that they're just totally sucked, that they're totally in over their heads, that they totally did something wrong. The draft grades don't matter. First of all, they're all based off of what that particular site's rankings and ADP is powered off of. It's all based off of that. It's not based off of what's actually going to happen in the NFL season, who actually has the best draft. It's all based off, did you draft the best according to whatever platform you are drafting on, what they value. And just because they value something doesn't mean that it is valuable or that what you value over them is less valuable. So don't worry about that if you're a first-time player, if you get a bad draft grade in one of your leagues. It doesn't matter. It's all there for shit-talking. That's the only reason you really have it because once the season starts, your draft grade or who you drafted doesn't matter. It's all about week-to-week matchups, that week-to-week team with the highest ceiling to try to win. That's what it's all about once the season starts. So all the draft, the rankings... All this preparation that we spend so much time on gets thrown right out the window when it comes to week one. So I just want to point that message out there for you first-time fantasy footballers who are listening to this show and are trying to get prepared and really want to do a good job and not seem like you're totally over your heads or you're totally an amateur. Don't you worry. Keep listening to this show. You keep using our information. You are going to be perfectly fine when push comes to subject to your draft. And don't get too down on yourself if you get a weird uh, draft grade. So we kicked off the draft now. The first two picks off the board. Remember, we have pick three with Saquon Barkley and Alvin Kamara went one and two in the standard format to be expected. Now, for us, we are using a standard rankings for the MD's Fantasy Football Show. So with Alvin Kamara and uh, Saquon Barkley off the board, the number one pick for our show would be, in this point, Ezekiel Elliott. And We can take that with even more confidence than we did previously. It still would have been Ezekiel Elliott even if he wasn't expected to get a contract, but we know going into this weekend, he's expected to sign that contract. He's expected to be the second highest paid running back in the NFL. It's a no-brainer pick. We're going Ezekiel Elliott with that pick right there off the bat. So now we're going, we got guys like Christian McCaffrey, David Johnson, Nick Chubb, James Conner, DeAndre Hopkins, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, Devontae Adams. All these guys are coming off the board in between picks. So now we get back to us. Now we're in a situation like, okay, so we got Odell Beckham's on the board. Mike Evans is on the board. Antonio Brown's on the board. This uh, would be another no-brainer for us in this situation. That would be, it's Odell Beckham. Uh, That is the pick to make here. Pretty kind of actually shocked that, you know, towards the back end of the second round, he would actually still be there in this situation. But in some home leagues, he could. Maybe you got some Giant fans with you. I love it, and we're going to take him. So we're going to have Ezekiel Elliott and Odell Beckham to start off the team right here and not even not even overthink it, not even overthink it. That's one of the reasons why I love doing mock drafts. I don't like doing it on the ESPN sites. I don't like doing it on the Yahoo sites. Uh, those mock drafts are just so strictly based off of their own Yahoo rankings. They don't really reflect what's going to happen in a home draft league. And on top of it, a lot of those times when you do mock drafts in those platforms, once you get about to around five or six, most of the league is going to be on auto-draft because most of the league is going to have stopped at that point, which is really annoying, and it doesn't tell you anything really at that point anymore, which is why I like to use these drafts. I like to do mock drafts on my own. They give me a better feel for what you can expect, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I want to keep going over this with you guys. All right, we're coming back in the third round, and what are we looking at? We have a, Let's keep in mind we have a running back and a wide receiver. This is a standard league, and on the top of the board here, we're looking at guys like 
T.Y. Hilton. And now, this the top of the board, this is actually the cheat sheet on the app. This is not the MD Fan Football Show ranking. So we get an idea of what's available at the top and then go off of what we have ranked the highest. This is going to be a good one because what we have ranked the highest at this point is Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is still on the board. Talk about going taking Melvin Gordon in the third round. Even if he misses the first couple of weeks of the season, I'm not going to worry about it. And in this situation where we already have Ezekiel Elliott, we have Odo Beckham, we're off to a good start. We're not depending on Melvin Gordon to be our RB1. And if you get Melvin Gordon towards the back half of the season, and you have him and Ezekiel Elliott, you have two RB1s when you have to make your playoff run, that is going to be huge, monumental for you. So we are actually going to go ahead, stay with the MD Stanley Football Show rankings, and we're going to take Melvin Gordon right here. Now we're waiting to see who comes off the board. We got a bunch of guys flying off. Now, if you look at my rankings, you're also going to see that Mark Ingram is right there. And I thought about going Mark Ingram. You know I am a lot higher on him than pretty much anybody else is. No one seems to be one of taking into consideration that Mark Ingram is truly going to be a three-down back. And even and in his situation, because the Ravens are going to run so often, that he could be a three-down back and still not get as high a percentage of the touches as some of the other workhorse back, and yet still get the same kind of production because they are going to be very proficient on the ground, running the football, they're all going to be right there. So I just want to point that out. Mark Ingram was right there. He did go in between our picks, but he is like very, very close to Melvin Gordon in that situation. I do have Mark Ingram as an RB1 by the end of the season, and I just want everyone to keep that in mind. That is the one guy who I've been beating the drum for. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. I think it's somebody who if you do take in the third round and you have another RB1 in your hands and a lot of mock drafts, because he goes kind of in the fifth round, you can maybe wait, try to get greedy, kind of try to take him in the fourth round, and all of a sudden you're set up for success if you have Mark Ingram as your second running back, as your flex guy, taking him in the fourth round with a fundamental core around him. So I just want to point that out as well as he went off the board here a little bit earlier than he normally does. But somebody I want to make sure you guys are well aware of as you listen to the show. So we're back up. It's the fourth round here. And now what are we looking at? So we keep in mind, we have Zeke Elliott. We have Odell Beckham. We have Melvin Gordon at this point. We can still pretty much do whatever we want to do here, right? We don't have to necessarily go wide receiver because we have two running backs because we have Melvin Gordon, who we're not sure is going to play week one. So we can go either direction, and there's a lot of wide receiver depth. So we're looking at the top boards. We have we have some guys like Sony Michelle. We have Chris Godwin. We have Kenny Galladay. Now we take a gander here at the MD Fantasy Football Show rankings. Let's see who we have ranked the highest available uh, to us here in the fourth round. And I'm looking, 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 looking. And I think what we have here is 
a situation where we could go ahead and I would say at this point, it looks like the pick would be based off the MD's Fantasy Football Show rankings would be Sony Michelle. So as I'm reading through this and keep going, yeah, it would be Sony Michelle here over Kenny Galladay, over Chris Godwin. He would definitely give you a when you have Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon. Sony Michelle is a great flex play. He's definitely going to be guys in RB two. A lot of the reports coming off of training camp where Damian Harris was getting all this love have have been quelled away. And the reason they've been quelled away, by the way, is because Sony Michelle was hurt. It's one of the things. Some of these beat writers, especially with the Athletic, there's some some of that stuff's going on with the Kansas City Chiefs right now, where. A lot of these guys, instead of reporting what's really going on, will report their personal opinions, their personal preferences, or seem to fail to take into consideration why guys aren't on the practice field as much as they normally are. In Sonny Michelle's case, he was still getting back from injury. And then since then, Damien Harris has barely gotten any practice reps with the first team. And Michelle has not only been the main runner, but they've been reportedly lining him up on the outside, getting him more involved in the passing game in general. We'll see what winds up happening. We know James White is going to have his role on that team. and That's not going to change. But Sony Michelle, I do expect to be the number one runner. I expect the Patriots to be more of a run-oriented team. And we know how explosive he is. Yes, there's some injury concern when it comes to this guy. But right now, taking him in the fourth round as a possible flex play, but at least a very much an RB2, maybe earlier on in the season we wait for Melvin Gordon to get back, I think is a steal right here to take a guy like a Sony Michelle. So that's what we're going to do here. Waiting, coming off the board, we see guys flying off. AJ Green kind of went a lot earlier than I expected him to. It looks like flying off here. And let's just go through some of the picks. So AJ Green came off right after us. Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett, David Montgomery, all guys who are typically going in that range. It's probably the earliest I've seen AJ Green go in a while. Now, I do want to talk about AJ Green a little bit. He is somebody who I have kind of pegged in that late fifth, sixth round area. If you can get him as like your wide receiver two, wide receiver three a lot of times at that point. He's really a steal because so what if he misses the first month of September? You don't really care about that when you're talking about a guy who might be your wide receiver two or your flex guy. You're talking about a guy who, when he gets on the field, is going to produce as a wide receiver one. Could he possibly get hurt again? Yeah. Am I worried about that foot issue that he just had being something that we're going to have to watch throughout the season? Yeah, of course I am. I also know I have a wide receiver one when he's on the field. And I'm going to take advantage of that for as many games as I can. And like I said, when you're talking about a guy you're not going to depend as your wide receiver one, you're going to have depth, you're going to have other options. I do like A.J. Green there. So I want to point that out too because he's somebody who I really value in that late fifth, early sixth round who I think could put your team over the top potentially. And it's a risk take that I definitely would want you guys to be able to be keen on and feel comfortable doing so as you have a lot of other options before you. So now what are we looking at? Okay, so now we have three running backs, one receiver. We are in a league that has to have a tight end too. We still could use a quarterback at some point, probably not this round as we go through. We have guys like Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck still on the board, but I have them ranked a little bit lower than where they're when where we're at right now, which is uh, towards the beginning end of that fifth round at the moment, although Aaron Rodgers isn't too far off the board. So now we look at what they have at, you know, wide receiver and a general overall. And what we have right now is Kenny Galladay is looking like the top pick. We have, you know, Kenny Galladay top, OJ Howard, 
Philip Lindsay, this is the cheat sheet coming off the app of, you know, what they have up there. And then we compare that to our rankings. And we would have Kenny Galladay here being at the top. And I love Kenny Galladay as a wide receiver too this season. He's the only wide receiver on the Detroit Lions I think goes over 1,000 yards. We know he's heading into year three, which is usually a big year, more so a big year for wide receiver development to produce more in week three than the week two jump. I think actually the week two jump is something that's become quite of a bit of a myth at this point. Uh, They actually take more of a jump year three than they do year two, especially from a production standpoint. Yeah, the fundamentals get better. Route tree maybe gets better. Maybe their hands even get a little bit better going into year two. But year three is the year you seem to take a production standpoint. Now, I don't love for his purposes... The fact that they are switching to Daryl Bevel's offense and, you know, usually it's not, it's definitely going to be a run first type of team. In the Detroit Lions situation, it might not be as run first because you're still dealing with Matthew Stafford. You still have Kenny Galladay. You still have Marvin Jones. You still have on Johnson, who's a better pass catcher, I would say, than a runner at this point, especially from a playmaking standpoint. But this is a team that at the very least is going to be balanced, trying going to be, going to try to be run heavy more. I do like Kenny Galladay, though, because he's all over the field. He's going to get targeted in the red zone. He's going to get targeted between the 20s. He's going to be the number one read, I think, in most weeks and not. And because he does have other weapons around him with TJ Hawkinson and Marvin Jones, he's not somebody defenses can completely key on. And play action should be there between him and Matthew Stafford for some of those deep balls here. So we need a receiver. We're going to go Kenny Galladay here and round out our team. It's coming off the board. Now, remember, we got the early fifth-round pick. We're going to come back. It's going to be the late sixth round by the time we pick again. And we're going to have Ezekiel Elliott, Odell Beckham, Melvin Gordon, Sony Michelle, and Kenny Galladay to this point of the first five rounds, which is pretty solid, I would say, at this point. So coming back, we're in the later part of the sixth round now. So what are we looking for? Well, we're looking at guys who we could possibly start looking at quarterbacks here. But Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck did come off the board. I have Matt Ryan is on the board, who is my number four quarterback overall. But I still would kind of want to wait here in this situation. Now, keep, and for a couple of reasons. So this is where you start to map out your team. You have Melvin Gordon, who you don't know is going to play week one. You don't know how many weeks it'll be. You have Sonny Michelle, who you know is a little bit injury prone as well. I'm not necessarily making the case we have to go running back here, but this is where you want to keep in mind, like, okay, so this is where I want to make sure I keep getting more depth because I do have some guys who come with risk to this point. So instead of taking one of my top five quarterbacks here, I'm going to stick with looking at other positions. You could use a tight end as well, but I don't have any tight ends rated here. O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram, uh, Hunter Henry, who I would normally have in this six-round range, have all come off the board already. So you're looking at guys like Jared Cook, Vance McDonald, all guys who I've ranked much later on in the overall draft when using the MD's Fantasy Football Show. So what do you have? Well, Mike Williams at the top. We do love Mike Williams here. We do have him pretty high as well. Uh, what else do we have? They have DJ Moore, who's one of my biggest busts this season, available around the top as well. I don't have him ranked anywhere near his normal ADP. This is about the range where he normally goes, but we do not have him ranked there because of all the issues I talked about with Cam Newton. I don't trust that these guys are definitely going to be in a position to be able to get any kind of consistency for sure, but also the high prolific numbers that some people think they might have an opportunity to get. We're looking at Alshon Jeffrey. I like Alshon here. We could use another wide receiver. We could really go either way in this situation, though. We also have Calvin Ridley's up there. Lamar Miller's up there. So we look here at the MD's Fantasy Football Show, and we look at what's available and where we have guys ranked at. Lamar Miller would actually be the top-ranked guy here. So this is the situation where 
I am going to take Lamar Miller over Mike Williams. I like the idea of Mike Williams, especially to complement with Kenny Galladay, have that third receiver. Remember, this is an ESPN standard format that we're, we're that we're drafting off of. So it means we have one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, one flex, one defense, one kicker, and then seven bench spots to back that up. So we don't we don't have to have three tight three wide receivers. We can either start three wide receivers, we can start three running backs. That's the route you kind of want to go. We have that third running back right now, but if you take a Lamar Miller. You have a strong RB4, a guy who's going to produce as RB2 for you. And you have a situation where you're pretty much covered all your bases. You can pretty much guarantee you're going to have a top 24 running back uh, throughout three of your spots, at your RB1, your RB2, and at your flex position, which is huge. That also, without having to draft a guy like Justin Jackson, a guy like an Austin Eckler, he also provides you a handcuff in a way. He offers you protection in a way without having to take that handcuff too early than you would want to to back up your Melvin Gordon pick. So we're going to go ahead and take Lamar Miller right here. Also keeping in mind that there are a few receivers that we have rated around the same area as each other, and we're going to have an earlier seventh-round pick. So there's a good chance that one of the receivers that we have in that range, which also on Jeffrey Calvin Ridley, possibly Mike Williams, although probably not, will also be available again when we come back in the seventh round. So you also got to keep that in mind too. Like, oh, this guy might be available here. So take the guy who is the last tier at the position in this spot, which was Lamar Miller for that running back, uh, running back two tier, and take that guy and then come back you might still be able to get those receivers that you really like later on so what happened we did that come back seventh round sure enough we have Alshon Jeffrey still on the board we have Calvin Ridley still on the board we have guys who we love as our wide receiver twos uh and they're going to be our third wide receivers in this case because we already have Odell Beckham we already have Kenny Galladay so we're in a position right now to get really great value at at this situation we have Calvin Ridley ranked one spot ahead of Alshon Jeffrey. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to take Calvin Ridley here and just be happy with the pick and have a pretty well-balanced out team. So through the first seven rounds, we have Ezekiel Elliott, we have Odell Beckham, Melvin Gordon, Sony Michelle, came back with Kenny Galladay, came back with Lamar Miller, and came back with Calvin Ridley. That's a pretty good balanced team right there. We got four top 24 running backs right off the bat. We have three top 24 wide receivers. So we're looking good. We have options aplenty already. We have a solid team stacked towards the front and we have a great core fundamental piece already. And we haven't even taken our quarterback yet, which we're going to get some value for. I'm going to take a quick break right here. And then we're going to come back. We're going to do rounds eight through 16 on the other side to wrap up the live mock draft. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become a new member of Overtime Heroics. Overtime Heroics is a fantastic sports media platform for sports fans all around the world to come and participate in their extensive forums. And now with the merger of the Land Sports Network, the website will soon have great content available from extremely well-written articles to entertaining and informative podcasts from all sports for you to enjoy. All you have to do is register for free at OvertimeHeroics.com to participate. Again, that's OvertimeHeroics.com. All right, we're coming back in. We're going to do rounds through uh, 8 through 16 in this segment. And this is where the draft really gets interesting, right? Because this is where you get a lot of preference picks. Guys are just going to take 
anywhere. Like ADP pretty much gets thrown out the window once you get past round eight because then people are just taking whoever they think is going to have the biggest season and possibly try to put their team over the top once they have their fundamental core in place. So this is where you really can try to take advantage. This is where value trumps pretty much everything. Yes, you got to fill out the rest of your starting roster too. And we're still in a position where we still need a quarterback. We still need a tight end. And then defensive kicker, of course, much later on. But that's still what we have left as far as our starters go. But this is where you just try to get as much value as you conceivably can because this is a position where not just do you want to get guys who can maybe have the potential to take you over the top or will be that guy who's taking the back end and catapults himself in the top five in position because that does happen every year. But there's also a situation where if you wind up with a lot of value, you could have a lot of draft, uh, not draft, but you could have a lot of trade uh, possibilities, trade assets to be able to use if guys start playing pretty well. And then all of a sudden you find yourselves in a situation where you're playing with guys who need depth, who need a lot of depth. And you can take advantage if you have a lot of valuable guys later on. So what do we have so far? Let's recap. We have Zeke Elliott. We have Odell Beckham. We have Melvin Gordon. We have Sony Michelle. We have Kenny Galladay. We have uh, we have Lamar Miller, and we have Calvin Ridley. So now we're in a position where we're pretty balanced as far as the running back and wide receivers go. Now we want to start looking at okay, do we have a quarterback that we like here in round eight? The answer to that is no, not round eight. Matt Ryan went off the board. Jameis Winston is probably my last guy who's in that top tier of possibility quarterbacks. In fact, he's the last guy who's on the board that's inside my top 10. But I do want to wait here. I don't want to take him right here in round eight necessarily. I would like to try to wait at least one more round to take a Jameis Winston. And I think there's a decent chance he will be there in round nine. So let's stick to the board. I don't have any tight ends ranked in this round eight area either. The top tight end, according to the app, it would be Vance McDonald. We don't have Vance McDonald until later on the ninth, 10th round as his true value. Remember, we're in a position where there's no reason to reach because even if you wait on positions later on, you're going to have value. We're going to have some sleepers ready for you guys. So don't reach here on the values. Now go back. So the value here is going to be at the running back and the wide receiver position. Jarvis Landry's top end on the board. We have Sammy Watkins is up there, and he's one of the top guys that we have. They have Darius Geis around this range, which I think is laughable. Darius Geis, by the way, just got cleared for contact. Adrian Peterson is going to be a starter. Chris Thompson is going to have the pass-catching-down role. So even if Darius Geis takes over at some point in the season, he's not a guy you're going to play any more than a low-end flex play. Stay away from Darius Geis. He's one of my biggest potholes in the entire draft area uh, so far this season that people seem to just be taking insanely high at the moment. So we're looking at the rankings on the NBA's Fantasy Football Show. We're looking at what's available on the board. Jarvis Landry is actually the way to go here. And even though this is a standard league, yes, Jarvis Landry doesn't have as much value as he normally would. But now you're in a position where we're going to have a nice little balance if we add Jarvis Landry to the Kenny Galladay, Calvin Ridley mix, where we're going to have guys who are going to be wide receiver twos, high-end wide receiver twos, high-end flex plays that we're going to be able to rotate in and really have a lot of depth and a lot of value. So we're going to go ahead and take Jarvis Landry here. Like I said, this is all about value in these rounds. This is where you just want to target guys who are going to give you the most out of the area in which you are ranking them at or which you are taking them at. Remember, if remember, even if they are, aren't guys who are going to want to be on your team later on, they're trade assets to be able to have as well. Just don't reach in these rounds. That's the biggest thing I can keep telling you. All right, so we come back in round nine. And just like I said, 
Jameis Winston's still on the board. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to take Jameis Winston here. He, like I said, he's the last guy who's inside my top 10 who's on the board here. We're at round nine. We have really good balance so far at the running back and wide receiver position. I have a tight end in mind that we're going to take later on as a sleeper, most likely, as long as he falls. He should, though. So we're in a great position here to go ahead and take that quarterback who still gives us top 10, possibly top 7, 8 potential here for this season. Take the number one sleeper and take Jameis Winston. So we take him. Now we'll be picking again in the back end of the 10th round because that was the early 9th round in that in that situation here as we have the number 3 pick and we're doing the snake draft. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. I just saw the Chicago Bears come off the board here in round 10. Don't do that. Don't, especially not with the Bears this season because they're not going to be the number one scoring defense now that they're defense corner Vic Fangio, who is a big deal when it comes to having defenses play well throughout the season, is no longer going to be there as he's now the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Don't do that. Don't take a defense that early in the 10th round. That's a big, big no-no. All right, so we're back here. We're in the 10th round. Top guys we're looking at, you know, they have Vance McDonald, they have Eric Ebron, they have Dana Joku. So they have a lot of tight ends in the top end here. They have also have a lot of quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, Ben Robsberger, Lamar Jackson. You know, with me, with Kyler Murray, I have him actually ranked as quarterback 21 overall. He's not somebody who I'm looking to draft at all this season. So we find ourselves in a situation where we're in round 10. We could go tight end if we really wanted to. And we could still go back to wide receiver and running back and keep loading up there. We already have our quarterback in James Winston. I don't feel if you take James Winston, if you take a top 10 guy, I don't feel as though you have to take another one. But I also don't feel like it's a situation where I'm opposed to taking another one either. Um, like I said, you know he's a guy who's going to have weeks where he's going to put up some dud performances here and there. And with James, it's kind of fairly predictable when those performances could come up. So maybe you want to take a second guy. Or if you think James Winston has a very... Uh, low floor just in general you might want to take somebody to compliment him so it's not he's not a quarterback where I'm taking him and I don't feel like I have to not take anybody else now I'm not saying I'm taking quarterback here at 10th round but I just want to keep that out there where there's certain guys that I'm not going to take another quarterback Carson Wentz Andrew Luck Matt Ryan Aaron Rodgers Patrick Mahomes Deshaun Watson Jared Goff those guys if I take one of those guys I'm not going to take a second quarterback but if I take Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, I'm probably going to be inclined at some point to take a second quarterback if there's one with the value that I like. Just want to point that out there. But we're actually going to go ahead and we're going to take Vance McDonald in this situation. He is the top-ranked player on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. And the reason I kind of say that a little bit surprised is that I this is the first time I find myself in a situation where I am taking Vance McDonald in the 10th round. I normally wind up taking Mark Andrews in like the 12th, 13th round. Uh, but this is one of the few times where he is the highest-ranked guy on my board coming in round 10. So we're going to take Vance McDonald. And we have, I feel pretty good about that. I love Vance McDonald this year. Yes, he's a guy who has some injury problems, but as far as tight ends go, especially given Antonio Brown's gone and they're going to have to have some red zone targets vacated between McDonald and Dante Moncrief and the fact that Ben Roethlisberger, when he has a tight end that he can trust as a security blanket, especially he will do so. And we know Vance McDonald, when he has the ball in his hands, he is a playmaker. He is a guy who's going to try to get as many yards as he can, run somebody over in the process. So definitely like Vance McDonald quite a bit this year. And I like the value to have him at round 10 to help round out our starting lineup a little bit more. Come back in round 11, Eric Ebron's on the board. And that's a big one, too. I do have Vance McDonald ahead of Eric Ebron. Keep that in mind as well. He's just going to have... 
I just think more production when it comes to catches, when it comes to yards. Their touchdowns may be around the same. Maybe Eric Ebron gets a couple of more, but I think there's going to be a wide difference in week-to-week consistency uh, and a wide difference in their yards at the end of the day. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. So now what are we looking at? Well, we came back. It's the 11th round. Still have the top four guys that the draft app was having on top of there, but not necessarily looking to go in that direction. So where where do we go here, right? That, that's the question. Do you take your sleeper wide receiver? Do you take that sleeper running back? Do you try to get going? And in this situation, because we don't have anybody who I feel is valued as a must-take right here, there's nobody here where I'm like, I need you and you're going to help me put my team over the top right here, right now. This is where if you have Melvin Gordon, take a Justin Jackson. Back yourself up. Solidify that you are going to have, at the very least, the running back of the Chargers. Because we know that's going to be a productive player. Whoever that winds up being, regardless of the situation. We know it's going to be a productive player. So you take Justin Jackson, you solidify yourself the position. In case maybe Lamar Miller gets off to a slow start. Maybe Duke Johnson has more of a role. Maybe Sonny Michelle gets a little bit banged up. You want to make sure you ensure yourself. So this is where we are going to go ahead and take Justin Jackson. Was Justin Jackson the number one ranked guy on the NBA Spanish football show board here in round 11? No. This is where is a good learning curve where you have, especially if you haven't drafted before in your first time, where you look at the rankings and you say, hey, you know what? In this situation, the rankings do not reflect what is best for my team just going chalk off the board off of them. Even in this situation, this is where you start to feel out your team. What do I do to solidify my team moving forward? What does I do to build the best team I possibly can coming out of the draft? And now if you have Melville Gordon and Justin Jackson, now you're solidified as a position that you are going to have a really good running back from, from the Chargers here. And you're going to have a productive player. So now we come back. It's round 12. Now we, now we just want to take the best sleeper available. Coming off the board, without a doubt, round 12 is the area in which I never hesitate and I pull the trigger on Devontae Parker. Now, I had Devontae Devontae Parker ranked ahead of Justin Jackson. I had Devontae Parker pretty high on my draft board, as you all know. I only have him projected for 13 games, so I don't even have him projected for a full 16-game season, and yet I still have him getting about 100 points in standard leagues, which would give him about 7.8 points a game, almost 8 points a game. That 8-point-a-game range in standard leagues is a high-end wide receiver three, a high-end flex play. Devontae Parker is in a situation where I expect him to be the number one weapon on that team. I don't think the Miami Dolphins deep offense is going to be as bad as a lot of people think it's going to be. He still has the talent of a true first round type wide receiver, which is where he was drafted at. 
They extended him for two years. I think the plan is they're going to use Parker. He can be used anywhere on the field. You can move him around. He's going to have the intermediate part of the field. He's going to be the guy they read first. Kenny Stills is going to have his deep ball threat. Albert Wilson and Jaquib Grant are going to have their slot roles. But Parker is going to be the number one read, whether it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, whether it's Josh Rosen back there. And he's actually going to get the opportunity to play now that dickhead Adam Gase is out of there and in New York. So I take Devontae Parker round 12. It's like a given almost every time. He's always the highest ranked on the MD's Fantasy Football Show, first of all. And he offers great depth with great upside there at that 12th pick. One of my top sleepers to be able to have. So now we come back, now we're in round 13. So now this is where we have to start thinking about like, okay, we know that over these next four rounds, round 13, 14, 15, 16, we're going to have to take a defense. We're going to have to take a kicker at some point. So that what does that do? That leaves us with two spots open for other positional players. So we look at the board. We see what's available. I remember when I said that James Winston's one of those guys that I don't necessarily feel like I can't take another quarterback at some point, especially if I have one with pretty good value. You know, I have a pretty good value here who's still on the board, Ben Roethlisberger. Like I pointed out earlier in the show, I still think he's going to have the most pass attempts out of any quarterback. I still think he's going to be in a prolific offense. I still think he's going to put up points. And with Ben Roethlisberger, he kind of offers you a little predictability when you pair him up with a guy like James Winston. Why? Ben Roethlisberger, you don't want to play him on the road, right? Yes, he had a much better home road split last season, but... Without Antonio Brown, I could expect to see another home road split again that you kind of have to be a little weary of. But it also gives you a decent idea in this situation when you have two quarterbacks because now you can rotate them based off of who's in the best position. Not just best matchup, but in a situation where, hey, Roethlisberger's going to be on the road. I definitely want to play James Winston here. Oh, James Winston's a hairy little matchup and Roethlisberger's home. Or playing against a bad team. Or playing against Cleveland Browns, which is going to be a shootout probably most of the year, whether it's in Cleveland or in Pittsburgh this year, given the offenses and given the defenses of those teams. So I know I have a pretty good idea when I'm going to want to play Ben and when I'm going to want to play Jameis and know that in either situation, I'm going to have a guy who's going to be able to compete with those top five quarterbacks in any given league, any given week. And I have two guys who could finish as top five guys. Ben Robster finished as a top five guy last year. So that puts you in a really good situation, especially with this team when you have so much depth at the running back and wide receiver position already. You're not hurting for that extra guy who might be able to take you to the top. You're not hurting for that extra player who kind of solidifies your team to make sure you have enough options. You already have those options in place given what you've taken here. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to take Ben Roethlisberger in this situation. So we come back. Next round is going to be round 14. So this is where I kind of sometimes have a personal preference thing. I kind of like to take defense and kicker round 14 and 15 before that last round. The reason I like to do that is because it guarantees you for the most part, unless you're in a crazy whacked out home draft league where people are taking, you know, defenses and kickers and rounds, you know, starting around 9, 10, 11. In that case, then forget it. Just take, just go to 15, 16, take a defense and a kicker there. But if you're in a league that somewhat knows what they're doing and is going to wait on defense and kicker, I like the idea of just one round earlier, round 14, 15, take that defense, you take that kicker because you're going to get one of those guys that's in the top three, top five, most likely. And you want to get as many players as you possibly can in the top five of their position. And this will do that if you go around early. So in round 14, we're going to go ahead, we're going to take the Rams here. Number one defense on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. They're available here in round 14 and have them just ahead of our top end kickers. Come back round 15, what do we have? 
Oh, Greg Zerlin. Now, you're going to say, well, you take the Rams defense and Greg Zerlin. You're going to have them both in the same bye week. I don't care. I just got my two positions, defense and kicker, who I think are going to be number one at their position this year. The Rams defense is going to be fantastic. I love the signing of Clay Matthews. I love the signing of Eric Weddle. Yes, they're older veteran guys, but Wade Phillips with his scheme, with those guys, what they can still do, takes that defense to a different dynamic. The biggest problem I think the Rams had last year was, well, number one, was injuries to Tlaib and Peters, who are both back and healthy this season. But they also didn't have that playmaker smart safety that Wade Phillips' defenses always usually thrive on and get a lot of turnovers off of. They didn't have that outside pass rush. They had Dominic Sue, they had Aaron Donald to be able to penetrate up the middle, but they were missing that outside pass rush that usually Wade Phillips thrives on as well. Now they have that with Clay Matthews. They have that with Eric Weddle. Yeah, they lost Sue, but I don't think Sue's going to be that big of a loss, especially when you added on Clay Matthews. You still have Aaron Donald. So I love that Rams defense, and I'm going to take the kicker because I think the kicker is going to be number one. Greg Zerlin's always number one. Greg Zerlin's like a cheat code when it comes to kickers right now because he's a guy who's on a high-scoring offense, number one. He bombs plus 50 yarders on a regular basis. He never misses. He's a guy who almost gives you wide receiver two, RB2 type of scoring on a week-in, week-out basis because of how many opportunities he gets because he doesn't miss and because he can kick it from anywhere. So we're going to take Greg Zerlin here and feel pretty good that we just got the number one defense and the number one kicker. Now we're going to come back. It's going to be round 16. It's going to be the last round. Now you just take your biggest your biggest sleeper guy. Whoever has the most value for you, whoever's the guy who you're sitting there like, there's an opportunity for you to all of a sudden find yourself in the top 24 of any position where you can go ahead and look like a genius in your drafts or just take your most valuable guy. Or it's a guy who, if he doesn't pan out, who cares? You spend around 16 on him, and he's going to be the first guy you drop off the waiver wire to pick somebody up who is going to be valuable for you. So it's a no-lose situation here. So what are you looking for? You're looking for who has the most value. So we go to our MD's Fantasy Football Show ranks, and we look at, we're looking, we want to do a running back or a wide receiver here, and preferably a running back because we have a few more wide receivers already. So what do we do? We are actually going to look here, and we're going to go ahead and we're going to take Darwin Thompson of the Kansas City Chiefs. Because right now, a lot of people are still not thinking about taking him. There's been a lot of reports, even though I hadn't been buying into him until this point, that he has possibly leaped Frog Carlos Hyde in the depth chart as being the backup to Damian Williams. Now, here's what I will say. Damian Williams, who I do think is injury prone and probably will get hurt at some point this season. I don't have him playing all full 16 games. Darwin Thompson will most likely be that guy who would come in at least in the passing down role. If he has, in fact, leaped Carlos Hyde in the depth chart, and all of a sudden you got not just the guy who's going to be the passing down role, but the guy who's going to be used in a very similar light, and now he's sitting here at round 16, you have nothing to lose at this point. So we take Darwin Thompson, and we just like, hey, you know what? We just took a nice flyer who's in a good situation, who we might be able to actually possibly be an RB2 at some point during the season if given the opportunity to do so. And if not, we have somebody who we don't care about dropping and picking up during the waiver wire. So that's the team right there. Our draft grade actually wound up being an A. This is probably the first time I've gotten an A uh, through the draft wizard grade process. I kind of worries me a little bit because some of the teams I've liked the best or had the lower grades, to be honest. So I don't know if the A comforts me or not. But let's do one quick recap of our roster. So in our starting lineup, let's say Melvin Gordon does play week one. We would have Jameis Winston, Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon, Odell Beckham, Kenny Galladay, Vance McDonald, 
Sony Michelle, Los Angeles Rams, Greg Zonin as our starters. And then, of course, on our bench, we have Lamar Miller, we have Calvin Ridley, we have Jarvis Landry, we have Justin Jackson, we have Devontae Parker, Ben Roethlisberger, and Darwin Thompson. I feel great about that team. Not only do we have a great fundamental starting core, not only do we have guys throughout the lineup that we're going to have two of, we're going to have two RB1s. We have guys, we're going to have a wide receiver one. We're going to have a QB one. We're going to have a tight end one. We're going to have a defense and a kicker one. We're going to have... Sony Michelle is going to be a high-end RB2. We're going to have Kenny Galladay and Calvin Ridley who are going to be high-end wide receiver twos. We have a lot of front-loaded talent that are going to be in that starting lineup, and we have the depth. We have the depth. We can sprinkle Lamar Miller in. We have Justin Jackson to back up Melvin Gordon. We have Jarvis Landry and Calvin Ridley who are just going to be sitting on the bench until we need them for bye weeks. We're matchup purposes because Kenny Galladay is not a guy who I'm going to start every week regardless of the matchup. And we have Calvin Ridley. We have those guys. We have Devontae Parker who I expect to surprise a lot of people. So this is a team you want to go with. It has a lot of versatility. It has the fundamental core, a playoff fundamental core intact that you're going to need to be able to compete towards the end of the season. It has all of the elements. So I think this draft went really well and got to show you guys, using the MD's Fantasy Football Show rankings, what kind of team it could get you in a standard league in the top end of the draft. So that's going to wrap up that live mock draft. We're going to do a quick mailbag segment because we're going way over time here. We're do a quick mailbag segment, and we're going to close down the episode for today. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become the newest member of the Belly Up Sports Network. The Belly Up Sports Network is a rising star in the sports industry. After having emerged onto the scene in just a year, they have accrued a massive following with bold articles, standout podcasts, and great debate amongst followers in the forums. Sign up for their newsletter and get access to all of the information throughout the Belly Up Sports Network. Go to bellyupsports.com today to join. Be bold and stand out. All right, so we have three questions we're going to get to pretty quickly here in the mailbag segment because I don't want to go too much over our time here. Uh, remember, if you want to get your question answered on the show and shout it out or just get any of your questions answered by me directly, you can always hit me up on social media at MDSFFshow on Twitter, at MDFFshow on Facebook, or go to the website www.mdffshow.com. Hit the contact us. You can send me a direct email. I get back to every single person who asks me a question, whether I put your question on on the show or not. So just keep that in mind. But also, you know, we're going to have these mailbag segments for the next two shows and all of our preview shows, the preview part one, preview part two on Thursdays and Fridays. We'll have a mailbag start sit questions predominantly as well, but any fantasy football question and I will get back to you. I'm here for you guys. Use me as a tool. That is what I want to be to help you win your championships. So we're getting right into it. Kenny Cotto asked me this question from Twitter. He said he has a keeper league. He can pick one. He has a choice between Nick Chubb, Juju Smith-Schuster, or Todd Gurley in a full one-point PPR league. I wish he would have told me what rounds he gets to keep these guys, but let's assume it's the standard way where he gets to keep them at the round that the ADP is or like a round later than the ADP is currently for the value of these guys. Which in that situation, I would then say that it would be hands down Todd Gurley for me. Keep in mind, Todd Gurley is my number five, not just running back, but player overall in any of the formats. On a points-per-game basis, he's actually my number one overall because I haven't projected 14 games. I don't have him for a full 16-game season. I do think there might be two games throughout the year where he has to sit out because he does have a little bit of a flare-up. But he's going to be involved in the rushing game. He's going to be involved in the passing game. He's going to be unreal in the red zone on an offense that scores a lot of points. That gives him a lot of important opportunities. Todd Gurley's not suddenly going to go from having 
20, 25 touches a game to only having 15 touches a game. He's still going to be somewhere between that 18 and 20 range when he's out there on the field. He's still the best player on the team. You're not going to just take him off. He's not suddenly going to be a non-factor. He's not suddenly going to be in a committee that's going to be in a significant way. Knee arthritis is manageable. There's plenty of players who play with arthritis before have been able to find ways to compensate, keep pressure off of it, ice it, take a shot, whatever you need to do, but it's not going to be hard to manage this thing. Last year, I know a lot of people have people scared about what happened towards the end of last season, but I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that the Rams not being as 100% sure exactly what they were dealing with. They probably knew about the arthritis factor, but I think there was a lot of question as to, is there something else wrong with his knee? And I think a lot of that was just unknown factors, unknown of exactly what the severity was, unknown exactly as to what it was that he was feeling, unknown if it was anything more than just arthritis. This year, they know what they're dealing with. He's coming to camp a few pounds lighter. They're ready to deal with the issue. They're ready to compensate him for the issue. He's going to start off every single week as a questionable player. He's going to start off every single week not practicing on Wednesday. No one cares. This is a guy that he will be an RB1 for you this season because he's going to have the opportunity to do so. And at worst, he plays 14 games this season. At worst. And even then, he's still a top five player overall in my book. So it would be Todd Gurley for me. The second question that we have here came from Facebook. Shockers 8, would you draft Nick Chubb 6 overall in a PPR league before the wide receivers? Uh, My simple answer to that is no. Nick Chubb is ranked 13th in my PPR leagues overall. I do have Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones all ranked in front of him. I have him there neck and neck with Odell Beckham right there at the spot. I don't even have him as the number six overall running back in that situation. I have David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell ahead of him as well. I'm think, And if I'm looking correctly, I even have James Conner in a one-point PPR league ranked ahead of him. I love that they traded Duke Johnson away. I love that it solidifies that Nick Chubb is going to be a three-down workhorse back uh, until Kareem Hunt comes back. And that's where I I, that's where I still have him a little bit lower. That's where I still have him outside, just outside of the first round in 10 and 12 team leagues, because that's still going to be a factor in the most important time of the year, which is the playoffs. Look, Kareem Hunt is probably, I'm not drafting Kareem Hunt in any leagues because you're not going to get anything out of him for probably the first 10 weeks of the season. A, because of suspension, one because of the bye week, and then another one because it's probably going to take at least a week of, of practice and playing to really know what his role is going to be in any significant way. But where he could wind up taking off at and being more of a factor is those weeks 13, 14, 15, 16, those playoff weeks for you that are going to be most critical. All of a sudden, Nick Chubb is not necessarily going to be the end-all, be-all workhorse back three down all the time. And that's where he ha- that has to take into consideration. So while he has come up my board a little bit since they've traded Duke Johnson away to solidify his value earlier on in the season... Knowing that when it comes to the second half of the season, there's going to be somebody who is going to be a factor, at least on some level. It has to take consideration. That's why I do have him outside of the first round. So no, I would not take Nick Chubb six overall in a full-point PPR league. Last question of the day, it came from an email from the website. Uh, always excited to get those when people are going to the website and using the information. Stenson, he emailed me and he said he has to keep two guys. He had Devontae Adams in round two, Juju Smith-Schuster in round five, or Marlon Mack in round six. He first pick. He has the first pick overall here. The best available for him at that first pick overall would be Todd Gurley, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, and Le'Veon Bell. Those would be the best guys he says that are available with his first pick overall. 
To me, this is hands down simple. You take Devontae Adams as your second round pick. You take Juju Smith-Schuster as your fifth, fifth round pick. And you pick Todd Gurley as your number one pick overall. You don't need three top-end wide receivers in this situation. Yes, it's a PPR league, and that's nice to be able to have. But because you have Adams as second round locked up, because you have Smith-Schuster in the fifth round already locked up, you're going to have guys in between who are going to be perfectly fine with being your wide receiver three. You have two guys right off the bat who are going to be wide receiver ones in PPR this year. Take that running back who has a chance to be number one this year. And in Todd Gurley's case, if he used to play full 16-game season, he has potential to be the RB1 overall, not just an RB1. Le'Veon Bell doesn't have the potential. Le'Veon Bell, to me, is not a guy I'm looking at who has top five potential. Todd Gurley does. Take that guy there. All of a sudden, you have three dominant pieces right off your bat. You still come back. You have picks in round three and round four where you can complement the running back and the wide receiver position further if you want to and still probably have good value there as well. But to me, it's hands down. Great start be able to pick up your team that's going to be a great fundamental quarter off the bat. Take Todd Gurley, keep Adams, keep Smith-Schuster. I like Marlon Mack. Of course, that's great value for him in the sixth round, but he does not put your team on the same map as keeping those other two guys. That's going to wrap up the show today. I hope you guys had a great time. I know we went a little bit longer than we normally do, but it was really a lot of great content. I think it gives you a good feel for having how to use the MD's Finney Football Show rankings in a live action situation. We're going to come back. We're going to be back on Monday. Promise you. Hopefully, no technical difficulties. And we're going to have the, we're going to talk a little bit more about the running back rankings that I have set up. We're going to do another live mock draft. Remember, that's going to be uh, pick six. It's going to be a half point PPR, 12 team league mock draft. And we'll do a mailbag segment in that one as well. Make sure you're checking us out on your favorite podcast app, Radio Public, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is widely available to you guys. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at MDSFF Show, Facebook at MDFF Show, or the website www.mdffshow.com. Of course, check us out on one of our networks that we are widely available on. You can listen to and check out great contact from my peers. We have OvertimeHeroics.com, UnwrapSports.com, and BellyUpSports.com for you too. So I will see you guys on Monday and have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.